To start, would you turn with me, please, to um, Romans 4.25. And again, we just thank the Lord that we can honor Him together this morning. They, they were great songs. The first one was called The Divine Exchange. Uh, he gave His life for us, and He comes into our lives. He takes away our sins and gives us His righteousness. That was a great song, Divine Exchange. And the second one is Jesus Christ, our living hope. Without him, a person can't go to heaven, can they? And it's sad. It's really sad. And there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, I'm very skeptical about, quote, religious things or spiritual. Don't need to be skeptical. God has revealed himself in his word, the Bible, and he has told us that Jesus Christ died and was buried and rose again for us. And how thankful we are to know that great truth. For a few moments this morning, I'd like for us to think together about some of the enormous blessings or benefits. Uh, we're talking about uh, the enormous blessings or benefits that we have because of Christ's resurrection. You would be surprised. We're going to touch on some of them. How many times in the Word of God, specifically in the New Testament, says, because Christ rose from the dead, you and I as believers in Jesus, we have this. And we're going to touch on some of these. Some you'll remember, perhaps some you won't, but I'll do a review on them. There are enormous, I use that title, uh, enormous benefits because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first one we think of, and I want to start with this one, is the fact that the resurrection of Christ assures us of the acceptance of Christ's sacrifice on the cross for our sins. When Jesus died for our sins, he paid the price. And we are forgiven of our sins because we put our faith and our trust in him. What he did on the cross fully satisfied the righteous demands of God. And when we trusted him as our Savior, he forgave us of our sins. And, and the reference, by the way, I, I like you to look at it if you have a Bible in front of you. Romans 4.25 says, He was delivered up over to death for our sins. He had to die for us to pay the penalty for sin. But he was raised to life for our justification. In other words, yes, he died for our sins, but again, he rose from the grave, he rose from the dead, that we might be justified, that we might be declared righteous. So you see, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus God now looks at you and says, you've accepted my son and his sacrifice for your sins. And I accept you. I declare you to be righteous or right before God. And you can enter certainly into my heaven. You can enter into a relationship with me because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and by his resurrection from the grave. Now I'm going to touch on some of these blessings or benefits of the resurrection. Uh, a lot of times when we uh, have an opportunity to do something, we ask ourselves the question, well, what's the benefit of this choice? Uh, what's the benefits of this job? Uh, what's the benefits of this purchase that I'm going to make? We're looking for the benefits that come to us. Well, the Word of God is very clear. There's some beautiful benefits that you and I have as those who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I listed as the first one to show his power over death. Now there's a reason I took that one. Because a lot of people uh, don't really enter into the subject of death. They don't like to talk about death. 
And it's very difficult, we'll mention this again, it's very difficult when a loved one in the family dies. And uh, probably almost all of us have experienced some kind of death of loved ones, either in our family circle or friends that we know. And it's a very difficult situation. But here's the point for us as believers. Jesus Christ had power over death, and he gives us that power. And we're going to take a look at that. Acts chapter 2.24. Acts chapter 2.24 is the passage where the apostle Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost to a group of people who are actually involved in crucifying the Savior. And he says in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, all backing up to 22, Acts 2:22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him. You saw these in your midst, as you yourself also know. Verse 23, him being delivered by the determined purpose of and foreknowledge of God, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put him to death. Now that must have been something for those people to hear Peter saying, you were responsible for putting Jesus on the cross. You were responsible. You did it. Now they literally, physically were involved in having him taken to the Roman government and had him crucified. They said for blasphemy. They said that. But it's interesting. The Bible is very clear. You and I as, uh, as believers, before we trusted Christ, you see, our sins were responsible for putting Christ on the cross. So they were really listening, see? They were really listening when he said that. Now watch this carefully. This is beautiful. Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands. And he's speaking to this group of people, and he said, you crucified him, put him to death. However, look at 24, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Oh boy, this is, this is exciting. It really is. Apostle Peter's telling them, and he said, Yeah, you crucified Christ, but death wasn't able to hold him. He, was, he died, he was put in the tomb, but he came out of there. He came out alive. Death couldn't hold him. And we're going to see that the terminology that Peter uses here is really interesting. You'll notice the text says, Whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. Loosed the pains, the agony of death in fact that word pains there I don't know anything about this but it's the term labor pains that a woman experiences when she gives birth to a child that's the term Peter used the pains of death but you see the labor pains were there but the, the pain couldn't hold Christ in the grave and he broke out of that grave you see uh, so, so beautiful for the Apostle Peter to say death was unable to hold back Jesus Christ from rising from the dead. And then he goes on and he adds in the text, verse 24, because it is impossible for death to keep hold on him. Wow. Saying a lot. really is. In fact, I'm going to show you why it was impossible for death. Remember, Jesus truly died. He was buried. He was placed in the tomb, but he came out of that tomb. He rose from the dead. Why was it impossible uh, for death to keep hold of Christ? Well, the answer actually is down there in verse 
36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified. Here's the two terms I want you to remember, both Lord and Christ. He's Lord. He's uh, Yahweh. He's the Lord of the Old Testament. You see, the God we worship, please don't forget this, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when God appeared to Moses, he appeared as Yahweh, yes, but he also appears as Yahweh the I Am. And he said to Moses, when you go to the people of Israel, and they say, who sent you to us? You say, I Am has sent you. Jesus is Lord. Did you see that in the text? And he's Christ. He's the one that was anointed by the Father in heaven. So it's no wonder that Peter says death couldn't keep Jesus in the grave because he's God, God the Son. So beautiful. Next, we see that um, Christ was raised from the dead to destroy the enemy of death. This is the second issue related to the resurrection of Christ. And, and you should look at this reference, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 26. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. This is going to be helpful to you to understand this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 26. Here you will notice. Look at this terminology here. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Remember we started out by saying death is a very difficult thing. When someone we know and we love dies, it's a very difficult thing. It really is. Um, sometimes people will say something like, well, death is a part of the life cycle <clears throat> and it can be a very beautiful thing. You know, I disagree with that. Don't miss what I'm saying. Why is there death in the human family? Because of man's sin. Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin. So every time you go to a funeral service, don't forget it. That person died because of sin in the human family. I'm not saying their personal sin. I'm saying because of sin in the human family. But of course, we have all sinned, and that's why we need Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins. But death is not a part of the life cycle that God originally created. Death came into the human family when Adam and Eve, the first two, sinned and disobeyed God. The text is very clear. It says death is swallowed up in victory. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Now, you and I know that there's an ongoing battle to have victory over cancer. And millions of dollars are spent in research to try to find a cure for cancer. That's what the, the, the goal, the aim is. Um, medical researchers continue to work to find a cure for cancer and Alzheimer's and other diseases. But you know, supposing you were to wake up some morning and see a headline on your newspaper, and I know you don't get newspapers anymore, most of you. I know that. You've told me. But what if you saw a headline that said, Death Destroyed? Oh. Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 
54 says, 1 Corinthians 15, 54. Take a look at it in the Word of God. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. How? Because Jesus Christ broke the power of death. So when you and I, when we put our faith in Jesus, you see, we receive Christ's life. And you know the words of Christ. I'm going to repeat them again. Jesus said to Lazarus' sister Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he or she may die physically, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Death is swallowed up in victory. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be to God, verse 57, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of victory? Victory over death. So yes, as believers, all believers, of course, unless the Lord calls us home, will die. But you go on to live. You see, your body dies physically, but your soul and spirit goes to one of two places either the presence of the Lord or to a place of eternal punishment. But the, Lord, the Word of God is very clear. When you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, you have life. Now again, stay with me on this. The Bible is very clear for the Christian. Absent from the body is present with the Lord at the time of death. Okay, very clear. And it is very difficult. However... We as believers, we don't sorrow like those who have no hope because the Bible tells us to be absent from the body for the Christian is to be at home with the Lord. So we look forward to that time. We'll be in glory again. We will see the Lord and we will see our loved ones again. So this is the great truth of the Word of God. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's, By the way, that's 1 Corinthians 15, 57. And you might want to keep that verse in mind. Some of you write verses and you put them on your refrigerator or you put them in a place where you can see them often. That's a verse you need to use. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory over what? Over sin and over death. And it comes through Christ who broke the power of death and rose from the grave. And because we are united with Christ, and we'll see this in just a moment, we have victory as well. So Christ came to destroy the enemy of death. Thirdly, he came to unite us with himself. And that's Romans 6, 5. And I am going to look at it with you. Romans chapter 6 and verse 5 where it says this. For we, if we have been united together in the likeness of his death... We also shall be united in the likeness of his resurrection. In other words, don't miss this truth. You don't hear this truth a lot. But when you trusted Jesus as your Savior, you were joined spiritually to Jesus Christ. And by the way, time for that reminder. Nothing can separate you from Christ. You say, well, can a Christian fall into sin? Yes, a Christian can fall into sin. But you will not lose that union that you have with Jesus Christ. You are united. You are joined literally to him. You are spiritually involved with Christ. Romans chapter 6 
Okay, And it says we were in union with him. In other words, when Christ died on the cross, there's a true sense in which you died with Christ. Because, you see, you're joined with Christ. You say, well, I wasn't even born yet when Jesus died on the cross. Oh, but God looks at what he did for you and for me. You're joined to Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross, and he was buried, and he rose again. And, you see, we are now spiritually united to him, so what he did counts. For you and for me. In fact, I love the teaching of the Word of God on this being joined to Christ. Uh, it says two things. Actually, it says believers are in Christ this morning. You see, if you know Jesus is your Savior, you're joined to Christ. You are in Christ. That f- phrase is used many times in the New Testament. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why is there no condemnation? Because Jesus already paid for your sins on the cross. Parenthesis, yes, we can get out of fellowship with the Lord. We have to be very careful how we live our lives. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So we don't lose our salvation when we sin as believers. Bible encourages us not to sin. Bible encourages us to stay in good fellowship with the Lord. But you see, you never lose that union with the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the, the Romans 8.1 says you are in Christ. But the other thing is, and uh, this was in one of the songs this morning, I heard it. Colossians 1.20 says that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. He lives within us. If you know Jesus is your Savior, you have the Lord living within your life, within your heart. He's there through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. When you trusted Jesus as your Savior, for some of you it was not long ago. For some of you it was many years ago. When you trusted Jesus, God came to live within you, to give you the power to live the Christian life, to give you the enablement to stay in fellowship with your awesome God and Savior. So yes, Christ rose from the dead so that we might be united with him. How awesome is this? Fourthly, This is an interesting one. Uh, Christ was raised so that we could redirect our desires. Don't miss this one. This is the resurrection of Christ affecting how we even think today. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Now watch this carefully. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, since you were raised with Christ. Remember I said when you trusted Jesus, you were joined to Christ. Remember I said what he did, you actually did in him when he died and was buried and he rose again. Now the text of scripture says for you and I as believers, since you have been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. There's where we have the redirecting our desires where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. In other words, uh, God wants us to adjust our desires because we belong to Jesus. Wow. Look at that text again. Seek those things which are above. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth. You would say, Pastor Ron, look. I got a job to do. I got a family to raise. I got responsibilities. 
and the Word of God is telling me not to set my mind on these things, you know what it's actually saying? I'll, I'll do it without going into the very details of the text. It's saying this. Don't spend so much time thinking about earthly things. Remember that you belong to God and He wants you to spend time thinking about Him. He wants you to think about the fact that He has given you His Word. This is why God wants you and me to open up our Bibles during the week. God wants us to think about things above given to us in the Scriptures. Uh, God wants us to redirect our thinking, our desires, based on the status of being raised with Christ. This is important truth, my friends. Look at 3.1. Since then you were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. You have a Savior who is now in glory, who died, was buried, rose again, and ascended up into heaven. And that Savior who's up in heaven, he's watching out after you and me. He's taking care of us because he's the risen Savior. You notice it says where Christ is seated. Uh, when, you, when you see that, you, you, you should be thinking of the fact that God is actively watching over me. Well, I'm going to show you another one that ties in very carefully with that, and that's the next one. Hebrews 13.20 Christ rose from the dead to become our eternal shepherd. And that's Hebrews 13.20. Hebrews 13. This is a blessing or a benediction that's in the Word of God, which my home church pastor used to give very often on Sunday mornings. So often that I think I know it by heart. I think I do. And it goes like this. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead, there's the resurrection. See it right there? Remember I mentioned there's all kinds of benefits that come to us because Jesus rose from the dead? Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete. King James text says make you perfect. But that the idea behind that is completeness. May God have full charge of our whole being. Make you complete in every work to do his will, working in you, that which is well-pleasing in his sight. In other words, Jesus rose from the dead that he might become your shepherd and my shepherd. It's beautiful. He's taking care of us. A lot of times he takes care of us when we don't even know he's taking care of us. But he takes care of us. In fact, the idea involved in looking at God as shepherd is uh, the fact that there's care, there's protection, and there's guidance. Now, you've heard that God's our shepherd before. All of us have. In fact, you're probably more familiar with the key passage in the Old Testament on the Lord being our shepherd. You know it real well. Well, let's do it. Here we go. King James text. Just kidding. You, Whatever text you want to use. Let's do it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. See, the Lord is your shepherd. He's your shepherd. He rose from the grave so that he could be your shepherd and my shepherd. How awesome this is to know this. In fact, when you read the Bible, I've said this many times before, slow down. Look at the text of what it says. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me some of the days of my life. doesn't say that, does it? So is the Lord going to be with you today? Is he going to be with you next week when you go to work? Is he going to be with you when you're in the classroom? Is he going to with you, uh, be with you when you take those tests? Is he going to be with you when you have to graduate? Yes. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Because you see, the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the grave in order to be our shepherd. And you know, don't miss this. We'll tie it together. The Lord Jesus Christ, on the way to the Mount of Olives, said to the disciples as he was walking along with them, he said this. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 31, This very night you all will fall away on account of me. And they did. They scattered, didn't they? For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And that's what happened to the disciples. They're walking along with Jesus, but boy, the pressure was on. And, and the guards came and they took Jesus away. And the disciples, they scattered because the Old Testament Scripture said the shepherd would be smitten and the sheep would scatter. But you know, that doesn't mean we lose hope, does it? No. Because he restores. You just saw that in the psalm. He restores us. Yes, we can get out of fellowship with the Lord. And it could be that the Lord's speaking to some of you today, and maybe you've been kind of straying away from the Lord. And uh, I'm not going to mention a whole lot of things that are evidences of straying away from the Lord. One of them could be that you're not praying like you should. Another one could be you're not reading your Bible like you should. Another one could be that you're not having fellowship with other Christians like you Another one could be you're not coming to worship God as you should. And so you can stray away. But see, the Lord says he restores us. He bring, If you know Jesus as your Savior, look, he's only going to let you go out so far, and he's going to pull you back in. And it's a real joy to hear people say, you know, I was out of fellowship with the Lord, and boy, the Lord brought me back into fellowship with him. It's awesome. It's beautiful what he has done. He restores us. He rose from the dead in order to be our shepherd. And lastly, he rose from the dead in order to give us indestructible bodies. I'm going to read the verse, mention the results for us, and we'll close in prayer. But Philippians 3, 20 and 21 says this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, coming from heaven, 
who will transform these bodies, our lowly body, that it might be conformed to his glorious body. You see, the Apostle Paul said it this way. He likened our bodies to seed. When we die, the body goes into the grave. Soul and spirit, remember, either go to heaven or go to a place of separation from God, torment, a place called hell in Scripture. But the body goes in the grave. But when resurrection day comes, you see, the Lord will take your body, which is like a seed, put in the ground, and out of that, he's going to form the body that you will have forever and forever and forever. An indestructible body that's just like the Lord Jesus Christ's body. Please don't forget that. Because you will be wondering, you know, well, we, when we start, we, we started about talking about Christ overcoming death. You see, when you die as a believer, yes, we die as others die. The body dies physically. But God's going to give you a new body in order that you may be in heaven and live with him forever and forever and forgiver. So Jesus Christ rose from the dead to give to us an imperishable and indestructible awesome body. Great truths. Awesome truths from the word of God. You know the interesting thing is I'm going to review them real quick. He gives us power over death. He shows us that he has power over death. He destroyed death. You see, it's not possible for death to hold him, and it won't be possible for death to hold you, because when you die as a Christian, you go to be with the Lord, and even your body someday will be raised that you might have a new one. He died that we might be united and joined to Jesus Christ. Remember, I put my hands together, a picture of our being joined to Christ. You have been joined to Christ. So when he died on the cross, you died with him. When he was buried... You were buried with him, and when he was raised, you were raised with him, because you are united to him. He was raised from the dead to redirect our desires. He wants us to enjoy life. There's a lot of earthly things that we have and can do. But you know what the Lord says? Since you've been risen from the dead with Christ, since you've been raised from the dead, set your affections, your desires, and thoughts on things above. Start checking your priority system of thinking and and what you do do I spend enough time thinking about God and his great love for me and the fact that he reached down into the human family and brought me in relationship to himself redirects our desires he rose from the dead to become our eternal shepherd and the day is coming when we shall be in his presence How awesome. Let's pray together.